20 questions and answers about game design, publishing, and beyond. I recently heard from game designer Justin Geary, known for Shards of Infinity and Ascension, whose podcast I appeared on earlier this year. Justin is putting together a book with answers from some of his guests, and I asked him if it would be okay if I answered on this blog in case my answers are helpful for you. Question one, what is something you are passionate about outside of your career? What do you love about it? One of my passions outside of the amazing world of tabletop gaming is disc golf. It's a sport I got into during the pandemic, and I continue to play every weekend with a fun group of people at the variety of courses available in St. Louis. I love how it's an ongoing physical and mental challenge against myself, not other players, that involves a lot of experimentation, different discs, release angles, techniques, etc. Number two, what is advice you would give to someone just starting out in your industry? For someone who is getting started in the tabletop game world, I recommend A, playing a wide variety of games with an open, inquisitive mind, and B, to find a way to share your excitement, not just for what you're for what you're working on, but what you're discovering from other designers and publishers. Number three, what do you see as an important le lesson that industry veterans need to learn? Or put another way, what advice do you think your older self would give you? Don't be beholden to artificial deadlines. Rather, take the time to make and release the best possible version of every product. It's all too easy to get caught up in deadlines that may not actually make sense for me or my customers. For example, rushing a game or, or its release so it coincides with a specific convention, previously mentioned date, or a season. Number four, what do you consider the most important skills to cultivate for your profession? How do you cultivate these skills? I think communication is probably the most important skill in game design and publishing. Whether it's listening to playtesters, being consistently transparent with customers, sharing over social media, replying to clients and partners in a timely manner, or explaining how to play a game via the rulebook, Communication is something I'm always actively working on by actually doing it. Number five, what common advice do you hear about your industry that is dead wrong? I think there's still the perception that exclusive content is a good idea, and it really just doesn't make sense to me. Why would I spend time, energy, and resources creating something if the only people I can ever sell it to are those who happen to learn about the product within a certain tight time frame? What about the tens of thousands of people who might discover the game over the next few years? I don't mind enticing early adopters, but I'd much rather do so with a free promo that I can sell later too, not an exclusive. Number six, what did you used to believe that you now think is dead wrong? I used to believe that it was okay for me to tell others what they should do. I found that it's far more effective to share how I do things with examples and mistakes when applicable, and you can extrapolate if that method is a good fit for you. We all have our own perspectives, backgrounds, and journeys. Who am I to tell you what to do? Number seven, what books, articles, or learning resources have had the biggest impact on you? What key takeaways stuck with you? There are certainly a number of books, podcasts, and blogs I've learned from consuming over the years. But honestly, I've always learned the most by actually doing. You can study crowdfunding from top to bottom, but it wasn't until I actually launched Viticulture on Kickstarter in 2012 that I learned how I wanted everything about the project to focus on serving backers. It wasn't until I started my entrepreneurship blog that I learned the value of short paragraphs, lists, and focused topics. And it's never until I actually get a prototype to the table that I learn how the game really plays. Number eight, what system, software, or tools have had the biggest impact on your workflow? Please walk through how you apply them in detail if possible. I have a big Google Sheet I use as a, as a checklist for every step of every game, starting when the game enters the graphic design process. It includes around 170 micro-tasks broken into time segments for everything I need to remember to do while creating, marketing, and releasing a new product. I check it 
once a week at minimum, completing a few tasks for each active project. Number nine, can you share a favorite project and lessons learned from it? It's hard to pick a favorite, but I had a blast working on Apiary with designer Connie Vogelman. It's a game I got to the table many times during the de development process, with many email discussions and blind playtesting waves in between, and I love seeing how the game evolves so that every action cares about the strength of the placed worker in different ways. A lesson from Apiary is to find people you genuinely enjoy working with, people who listen to your ideas but are willing to iterate and push back. Apiary is why I continue to reach out to Connie about other projects, and she offered some of the best feedback about my game, Expeditions, after blind playtesting it. Number 10, what is the most rewarding part of your profession? By far, the most rewarding part is to see people experiencing joy at their table due to one of our games. If you could describe yourself in three words, what would they be? Curious, open, and impatient. How do you keep up with the rapidly evolving landscape of game design or your specific creative field? What strategies do you employ to stay ahead of the curve? I play a lot of games, but I can't play everything, so I also consume a lot of gaming-related content. I'm not sure I actually do anything to really stay ahead of the curve, but I like to know what the current curve is so I can learn from it. Number 13, can you share an instance where a failure led to unexpected success or learning in your career? How did you bounce back and what did you learn from it? There have been several times where I accidentally sold a product at a loss because I didn't factor in all the expenses for that product. I now use a handy Google, Google Sheet with those calculations built in, created by coworker Alex, to ensure that that, that doesn't happen again. Number 14, in your opinion, what are the fundamental elements that make a game truly engaging and enjoyable for players? How do you integrate these elements in your work? I think that a ton of, a lot of fun in games comes from progression, creation, and mastery. Progression is where you're stronger at the end of the game than the beginning. For example, engine building and scythe. Creation is where you're making something satisfying that you care about even if you don't win. For example, your capital city in Tapestry. Mastery is where you're getting better at playing the game as you play and even between games as you think about things you could have done differently. For example, the order in which you build your, vine build your vineyard in viticulture. Number 15, how do you balance the demands of a rigorous creative process with personal life and well-being? What practices have proven beneficial for you? I compartmentalize almost all of my time to ensure that I have enough time to run Stonemaier games while also giving my other relationships and hobbies the time they need to thrive. I also set aside two hours every night for creative time in the form of game design, and I really try hard not to let other tasks, tasks overlap into that time. Number 16, how do you ensure that your work resonates with and engages your target audience? What strategies do you employ to build and sustain a loyal community around your projects? We do a lot of blind playtesting, and I look at the results with as much openness as possible. If something isn't working, I know it from those playtest results. I've cultivated a community of Stomeyer ambassadors to whom I send a monthly email about what we're doing and where we need help. I'm very grateful for those ambassadors. Also, I think it helps that we pay for their time. We don't ask for any of them to proofread or playtest for free. Number 17, what are your thoughts on the various monetization strategies in your industry? How do you align monetization with providing value and a great user experience? A lot of other publishers seem to focus a lot of their resources on crowdfunding, i.e., monetization on a third-party platform via pre-sales on a product that does not yet exist. We've moved away from crowdfunding, instead focusing on trying to make great products, announcing them when they're ready, selling them to customers a few weeks later, and shipping that same month. The value we're offering customers is that they can get excited about something and actually have that game on their table almost immediately. Number 18, who have been your mentors or significant 
influencer, influencers in your career, and how have they shaped your approach to game design or creativity? I've learned a lot from designers like Uwe Rosenberg, Rob Davio, and Ryan Lockett. Playing their games constantly inspires me, both in terms of mechanisms and storytelling. Number 19, how do you approach incorporating new technologies or methodologies in your projects? Can you share an example of a project where innovation significantly enhanced the outcome? One of the main ways we're using technology is data analysis. Rather than just sorting through playtest data myself, I share that data with a professional data analysis analyst so they can do a deeper dive into the balance of the game, particularly if it features asymmetry. Using this analysis has allowed us to revise and rebalance the, the civilizations and tapestry to form the revised Civ pack. Number 20, how do you envision the future of gaming in your specific creative field? What roles do emerging technologies like VR, AR, and AI play, play in shaping this future? My hope is that the future of gaming includes deeper focus on accessibility, onboarding, and analog play. No screens or devices necessary. We are not pursuing VR, AR, or AI in connection to anything we do. I'd love to hear your answers to a few of these questions, or I'm happy to answer if you have any follow-up questions.